Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2201. Better buckle up because today we're going to be doing some rally driving and having some fun. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Littleton, New Hampshire, with a very special guest who likes to play in the dirt by the name of Chris Sear. Chris, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Oh, I'm ready. Thank you. We're going to have some fun. Now, my dirt comment will come to fruition here with you listeners in just a moment, but before I introduce Chris, what's one little thing that people don't know about Chris Sear? Yeah, actually, so I have one tattoo which I got when I was 18 because I was pressured by my grandma in a tattoo parlor to get it. Wait wait a minute, your grandmother? My grandma. What gives with grandma? (laughs) Yeah, so my grandma, my mom, and my sister and I all went to a tattoo parlor for my grandma's, I believe, 60th birthday it was. Wow. 60 or 70th. So she wanted to have everyone get a tattoo because she was getting her first tattoo ever, which was a a small bumblebee. So I was 18 and tried to pick something off a wall and yeah. ended up picking a Chinese character for fast. Oh, fa- well, there you go. That's appropriate for what you do. Well, isn't that funny? We talk about peer pressure typically for teenagers in school, never coming from the grandparents. Grandma. <laughs> yeah, grandma. So <laughs> uh, fun story. Well, that's a unique one. First time I've heard that here. And that's pretty amazing considering uh, interviewed over 2,200 people. So Appreciate you sharing that. I won't make you show it to me, though. Okay. (laughs) So so let me give you a proper introduction. Chris Sear is the CEO and partner at Team O'Neill Rally School, the longest running and most accomplished rally driver training company in the Americas. Their offerings include uh, a one to five day rally school, a security and tactile mobility training school. That sounds fun. Drift school, even more fun. Off road training and much, much more. As a teen, Chris fell in love with rally racing and at 19 years old started to learn about business to pursue his passion for racing. And in 2013, he joined Team O'Neill as the general manager and has since founded and served as the first American Rally Association vice president. He manages and owns the New England Forest Rally, partnered with the founder of Team O'Neill, and he started the personal rally racing team Barely curious, or is it serious? Serious. Serious, yeah. yeah. Using my last name. Yeah, for, you, last name. for you listeners, his last name is spelled C-Y-R, so barely serious makes some sense since his last name is pronounced Sear. There you go. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. They keep the fuel in the tanks here, so give them a little love if you would, and we'll be right back. Our pets are a big part of our family, and we love to take them everywhere we go, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interiors. If you add the fall and winter weather, you'll end up with water, mud, snow, and a whole lot more that Fido tracks into your cars. Covercraft offers a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interior from fall and winter's rough treatment and Fido's too. Canine cargo area covers are padded for your pet's comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features to keep cargo areas and seats well protected, and they're easy to clean. Covercraft's quality pet solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, 
and protects from the damaging claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, drool from permanently damaging your vehicles. Choose from a variety of styles and covers for almost every vehicle made. And here's a special deal for you Cars Yeah listeners. If you use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. What a deal. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you and making life a lot easier with the pets we love so much. Covercraft. American Collectors Insurance is my go-to for collector car insurance, and it should be for you as well. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Fall is here, and you know what that means. Time to put a good coat of protection on your vehicle. I'm teamed up with AutoGeek, and they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started back in 1997 as a small mail-order catalog company grew into a multi-website-based e-commerce store, and that's what they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries, and its retail sector ships worldwide. If you want to protect your vehicle this fall, and you should, go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So, Chris, uh, let's dive a little deeper into the corner, throw some more rocks in the air, and have you talk about the lead-up to get you to where you are today. Because for most people, you're living the dream. I mean, all this is little kids that love cars, want to be a race car driver, design cars, all this stuff. And here I sit before a guy that's doing it and having a lot of fun with it. So take us on a little history walk here, and then we'll dive into what Team O'Neill Rally School is all about and all the fun that you guys have. Yeah, no, it's, you know, I, I think back on my path and I, I am so lucky to have what I have. And, and it comes back to boiling down to a 16-year-old kid who had uh, a friend who had a brother who knew about drifting and rally racing. And, you know, we, we liked cars and I had a 92 Subaru Legacy as my first car. So, you know, I was into living in a rural dirt road in, in Colorado and and. and kind of just living that lifestyle. And then we found out about this thing called rally racing. And so we were really intrigued and excited. And then we found out there was a rally race in Steamboat, Colorado, which was about three hours from where I was born and raised. 
it was our first big adventure that we ever did by ourselves without our parents. So not only kind of get that life, uh, try to try to see what I wanted out of life and, and got to do something really fun. And, and then we saw our first rally stage and watching these cars blow by us. And we even saw a car crash and just, you know, just all these like, what is this? What is going on? What is rally <laughs> racing? And no one knew about it, right? You talk to anyone else and no one knew about this thing. So it felt like it was our own little cool secret. And so, yeah, it, it really sparked a passion and a path. But the thing was, is I, I came from a family with very little money and very little means. And I think like most successful business stories, you know, just had that drive and passion. So I got to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I wanted to try to get a rally car or go rally racing. And there was some recruiting and advertising on campus for uh, uh, running a painting franchise on, on the college campus. And the, the marketing was make a bunch of money this summer. So I was like, if I could make a bunch of money this summer, maybe I could build a rally car. Yeah. And so, you know, that turned into this kind of big right turn into business and really starting to learn about business. And I fell in love with business as much as I fell in love with with rally cars and racing. So I ran a, a house painting franchise in college for four years, graduated right at uh, 2009. So kind of peak Ooh, of the recession, ouch. no one's getting jobs. Yeah. But I actually made a lot of money that summer. And it was one of those things in my life. It was like, do I go now and start to pursue racing or do I kind of double down in this business thing? And, and I decided to double down in business and get on the corporate side of that franchise company I was with. And I started recruiting, training and managing franchise owners. And that really allowed me to get a ton of business experience and be able to not only did I need to know how to run business, but I needed to teach other people how to run a business. And when you teach someone, you then validate everything you know, and you get to see it multiply and so at any one time, I'd have 20 business owners that I'd be managing, and, and it was a lot of work. Um, There's a lot of sacrifice. And luckily, I was able to find my wife early in college, and she was there with me through this entire journey. And we spent a lot of times eating dinner at midnight, and I would get up again at 5 a.m. And this was through my 20s. But that job led me to getting to Boston. So I was living in Colorado at that time, and it led me to get to Boston. And so I was moving with the company. And I, the reason I wanted to go to Boston was because I wanted to go to Team O'Neill as a student. I was wanting to start my rally career, okay. go to rally school. And so I knew about the school for a long time. And uh, it was actually the bombings in Boston. I was there during when that happened. Oh, wow. I actually sent an email to info at Team O'Neill that week asking if I could join them or do something with them or trade them some business coaching for a rally school or something. Yeah. And the founder called me the next day and it was like talking to the biggest, my biggest idol, the biggest <laughs> celebrity of my life. Sure. He called me on my phone. Yeah. And uh, that was a little bit of the history of, you know, we can get into what happened after that. But ultimately, I'm here and, and wow. living my dream. For sure. Well, what a great journey and what a, a lot of golden nuggets you dropped for us today about how to had the initiative to start working, I mean, to run what you did while you're in college. I ran my own business in college to pay for my college. So I, I know how that, that right. is. I always tell my kids, I didn't go to one party during college. I mean, I was working all yeah. the time uh, just so I could pay for books and stuff. And that's back when school was affordable. I don't know how anybody could right. do it these days, but it's a tremendous story and that tenacity and just following your dream and getting to where you are. So let's, let's talk about Team O'Neill Rally School because when I introduced you, I mentioned you guys do 
do a lot of different cool things with people. We have a rally school up here called Dirtfish, which you probably know about. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. You guys seem to have it a much bigger operation going here and the different facets of what you do with people. Do you help people, everything from just people that want to go have some fun, do this for fun one weekend up to people that want to have careers in doing this kind of thing? Yeah, it is a little, it it is a little confusing for most people who don't understand what we do in driver's training, but ultimately most of our clients typically have some sort of training requirement or need. And then there's just the entertainment side, people that just want to come here and try to actually go have fun and or just see what this rally thing is about and never want to go racing ever again. So our business is actually uh, a big chunk of it is actually government training. So if you are in the military or in some sort of government requirement to be in a third world country and drive fast on a dirt road some at some point, that's actually kind of the founder of the rally school, Tim found a niche of that type of business early on. And and that's where everything kind of grew from there. Tim being a five-time rally champion before that, he knew about rally. He was doing rally, but there was no place in the country to really practice. And so, you know, he really did focus on trying to get people to be the best drivers as fast as possible. And we do that with high immersion. You know, you're going to get to try all the different vehicle types. So we have all-wheel drive, front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive for our government clients, high center of gravity and and all these different variables and and low-speed off-road, high-speed off-road. And so, you know, we wanted to be able to train all those vehicles in one spot. And then we also have a mountain. That's the other cool variable of Team O'Neill. We have a thousand foot of a elevation gain or loss wow. on in one facility. So it's 600 acres, six miles of curated rally roads, and then additionally more off-roading trails as well. Um, there's no asphalt on our entire facility. And right now we have about 120 rally prepared vehicles. So, wow. you know, our, our mission and our goal is to really get you to be as good of a driver as fast as possible. And we're going to put you in really kind of dangerous situations. There's real trees, real ditches, but there's always a right seat instructor. And it is our instructor's mandate that it is their responsibility to never put you too far over your head that you crash. So, you know, it it is a interesting thing that's happened. We, for everything we do and kind of all the balls we balance, uh, we've been able to really kind of cut a big, big niche out of that business. You know, that's tremendous. I mean, really, really cool. And I have to ask, did you end up getting to do any racing yourself? (laughs) <laughs> not until recently, believe it or not. So I joined Team O'Neill in 2013. You're too busy working. Thinking like, <laughs> thinking like, oh, this is it. I'm going to start to go racing like next year. And yeah, I mean, I went just as crazy on the business side of things as I did before and, and the other stuff that I was doing. So Tim and I talked about that as part of my interview process, even that I wanted to go racing. And, you know, it is really hard to be in a racing business and be a guy going racing, right? You need to be able to have trust and balance and, and a team of people that you can leave. Oh, yeah. Just like any other business owner does. We just happen to be in the business of doing it as well. And the business wasn't prepared for that. You know, that was kind of the one big thing that I found when we got there. Tim was an amazing rally driver. Tim built this rally school. So Tim and Tim O'Neill, the last name, uh, that's where the O'Neill rally right. school comes sure. from. So Tim O'Neill. And uh, he, he'll admit this. He wasn't the best at business. So he got a bunch of people together and was doing really cool stuff, but didn't have great leadership in place. And, and that's what I was able to bring to the table when yeah. I came here. And so it took us about five years to kind of get that on balanced. And then uh, I, I started to 
grow a family. And so again, wasn't the right time for me to go racing again. So really this last year, 2022, I got to do four rallies and and that's been awesome. And I've got a lot of future plans for more racing. And so that's been able to really get to that finally 18 years after my 16 year old dream. Well, you know, it's a journey and it sounds like a wonderful journey. When you think of, when I think about rally racing and most of us go to YouTube and we watch rally racing, it's the very top level European rally racing where it's really, I mean, it's a part of the culture in Europe, uh, much more so than here, although it's, it's grown here. And you watch what those guys do, and women too, and I just, it's like watching MotoGP for me. I almost can't watch it because it's just crazy. I mean, it's out of control crazy, and I'll show videos to my wife. She goes, that's got to be speeded up. They can't be going that fast to a forest. I mean, there's giant trees. It'll kill you on every side. No, that's what they do. I mean, just the management skills and the way it goes. So, But what you're doing is fulfilling dreams for people and making people safer, which is really, really important, especially when you think about all the off-road vehicles that we have these days and people think, Oh, because I've got off road, I can just go off road and the thing will do anything. It's like putting somebody in a five, six, 700 horsepower car. And we see how that results in catastrophe sometimes in the streets with the right foot going the wrong direction. Yeah. So team O'Neill, we really want to focus on driver's training and it's something that we really think it's a a core issue in in our society that um, we really focus on manufacturers trying to make cars safer and we're not really talking about making drivers safer so it's something that we obviously get to do at the rally school is is teach people how to drive safer and more effective but it's something that we've even worked we've even talked to politicians and we've tried to see what it would take to make real change in this country and the conversation just always comes back to the manufacturers and and making cars safer so it is part of our culture and it's just something that we think we expect the opportunity to drive. We get our driver's license when we're 16 years old. And it's just something that, um, you know, it's not something that's probably going to change as a culture, but it's something that we can do our part and try to save the world one driver at a time. You know, it's an important thing. I had Dan McKeever on the show just a few days ago. He's the president of Ford Performance Racing School. And they have different levels of racing school that they do there. And we talked about this, the fact that they even tried, they even did at, cost a young beginning driver's course to get them to parents to bring their kids there for like $200 for a two-day course. And the parents don't want to do it. I did it with my kids. I took them to a, a new young driver's school. Then I put them through a little performance school, but it was a very, it was for teenage drivers to teach them what to do when they get into the dirt or cross the middle line or how to control the car under heavy braking. And yeah, I don't understand why parents, I mean, they'll spend a thousand dollars giving their kid an iPhone, yeah. but they won't spend 250 or $500 probably saving their life someday. So Right. And before COVID, it was the primary, you know, thing killing teens was automotive crashes. So it's like even the data supported that that was the problem. And, you know, it's something that uh, once people stopped going on the roads there for a year, all that, that data started to change. But um, yeah, it's been, it's, it's something that you could spend fairly little m- money comparatively. Right. And it's something that we're pretty passionate about. I've wondered why insurance companies don't pay for it because the worst thing for them is to have your child hit and kill somebody or themselves or damage the car, destroy a car, destroy property. Uh, you know, that is expensive for them. So you would think they would want to do it as well. I did get 
my insurance for my kids when they became drivers at 16 reduced because I did, I logged their full year as a driver training before and yeah. logged where they went and they actually gave us a discount. I said, look, you know, my, my, I think my son put in 3,800 miles driving before mm. he got his driver's license. I think I put in when I was a kid with the high school football coach as the instructor in the car, um, which one day the, the, uh, there was a gal with us. We had three students. She drove over a mailbox and up a lawn and almost went into a house, uh, you know, cause <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how we're going to solve this. I, I wouldn't trust the government to solve it, but maybe insurance companies cause they care about money. So, um, right. you know, that might be one. Let's talk about mentors or influential people. I'm guessing, uh, your buddy, Tim there, O'Neill, right? Yeah. Tim was probably a key mentor in your life. Is that the guy you'd like to talk about? It is. It's funny. I, I and we could, I have obviously awesome mentors throughout my life, but for the specific motorsport and the, the automotive background, Tim, Tim O'Neill, the founder of the rally school be, was my boss initially and, and then became a mentor. Now my business partner and, and ultimately we're even closer than that. Now at this point, he comes over to my house and my kids and plays with my family. And, you know, our, our families are pretty well entwined at this point, as you do when you partner with someone in business, it's a yeah. marriage. So yeah. it's that uh, he it's, he's part of our life and our family now. So, um, you know, I learned a lot from him on obviously the sport of rally racing. I didn't know much about it from the business side. Um, but I've learned a lot from him as well, just about life. He lived a rural lifestyle. He built this business from the ground up, had no money and, you know, just an amazing business story in himself to have built this mecca of rally here in New Hampshire, but also just the perseverance and the inability to quit and the the, the drive and, and all of that to, to do what he's done in his life for you know, not having any real support system or really any other person that's ever done this as a path. He had to carve it out of the woods, literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and so it's just something that I see Team O'Neill Rally School now that I'm the the owner and partnered with Tim to always represent Tim. And and so I don't ever plan to change the name because Team O'Neill is what we are this is how we got here and it's something that as a mentor and everything you know has his legacy deserves to live live for a long time and and it's something that we're we're in the middle of a documentary right now for tim and his life story so once awesome. that comes out people will get to see more of him and learn more about his life and what he's really been able to do and and it's it is an amazing story well, I'd love to have him as a guest on the show. That would be a, oh, a, we could a, do that for sure. a great guest for sure. We'll take another short break for our sponsors. We come back, we're going to talk about challenges, favorite cars, and a whole lot more. So we'll be right back. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. 
For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars Yeah for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or type in RENEW12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine and I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to LinkageMag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. So challenge question, love to ask this question, big challenge, big failure, something that really set you back. But looking back on it now taught you a very, very valuable lesson. So take us on a little bit of a, well, gee, you're always, you're all about rough rides. So uh, this should be easy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I have two. So I didn't know if you wanted to talk more about a motorsport challenge or a car based one or more like a business personal one. You know, anything you would like to share that taught you a really valuable lesson. It's up to you. It's your show. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's keep it on the motorsport side of things then. So Team O'Neill, we are obviously in a lot of different things. And one of the things that we had done for a long time was motorsport and rally racing support. And so that was a part of the business when I got there is obviously extremely passionate, uh, passionate part of the business for people going racing, getting to support a team and a driver. Um, but one of the things that we did was privateers. A lot of guys could just come in and pay and, and get support and get a car and get everything built. And what we found was that was it was really hard to continue to maintain that side of the business. So we started to kind of tailor it down to a few clients. And then ultimately, we actually tailored it down to one client who was, had a lot of rally dreams and expectations. And, and so we built him multiple rally cars. And then we actually were um, imported the first Ford Fiesta R5, which is kind of the second to top level Ford Fiesta rally car you could get. Uh, he was the first one to bring one into the U.S. with us through M Sport, and so we were building this multi-year program to to have this high horsepower, turbocharged, all-wheel drive Ford Fiesta rally car go on twenty or thirty rallies, and and so we've boiled down our entire business to supporting one client, which I think you can start to tell that that was probably a bad idea. So the first rally we did was WRC Mexico. So the first time this client has ever done a rally uh, in this car, it was the top level event. And Mexico is one of the toughest rallies. And there's just a bunch of challenges that you face at any top end rally WRC event that you would. But the Mexican roads are really rough. Ultimately, what happened was he rolled the rally car and, and broke his back. Oh, my gosh. We're in Mexico, broken back, client. So I'm like, you know, between the business mode and the emotional mode, we've first off, we just have to make sure he's okay. And he definitely was not okay. And so it's, you know, we're in Mexico, 
is the hospital even qualified to deal with this? And, you know, we we're very lucky that the FIA and the, the WRC organizers made sure that they had all the infrastructure there because, you know, I don't know a third world country being in a hospital and all, all the things that we could experience, right? Even if is the blood safe and, all, you know, yeah. is, the, is it like a dirt floor hospital or is it, you know, at least something that can handle this? So we got him. He got into a helicopter. They 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 were able to secure him, get him into a helicopter, get him into the hospital. He had to go into emergency surgery. It was touch and go there for the first five or six hours. They wanted to do another procedure, and so I'm trying to communicate with his family and like, do we want to get him back to the U.S. or do we want to, you know, try to do this here? And can we secure him? And because he has a broken back, he can't sit. So we we had to secure a plane. And we, so I'm trying to do all the logistics in the business and try to like be worried for my friend and worried for my team and like be this, the strong person. And I'm, you know, you remember the moment that you're, I called my wife and I'm broken down and crying and trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And, you know, once we get him back to the U S and once he is able to get another surgery and, you know, his recovery is permanent, he's able to walk and stuff now, but he's still to this day still has issues from that. But obviously his rally goals and careers changed from there. And, you know, and Tim and I then had to balance, do we want to continue the motorsport support business? And do we want to like, you know, we spent all this, we spent a lot of infrastructure and, and time to build this race program for this client. And, you know, we, we kind of kicked the can along, uh, kicked the can down the road a little bit longer and, and then just ultimately decided to shut down that part of the business formally. And that was really tough decisions, right? You know, we, we knew the risk we were taking by supporting only one client and, a lot of a lot of stories of reasons why you shouldn't do that, but we thought you know Dave uh, Dave was the client, and uh, he would have been the great client to do that with, all, except for this one scenario, obviously well, yeah. that you just can't quantify, and so it, it it's challenging, and so you have to deal with the employees, and and I think all of them are in better positions now than they were with us. Honestly, there's they're off doing some really great stuff, and it's, it's ultimately seeing what came out of the fruition of the the tough decisions of having to close that, and. Um, it's it is still a scar you know it still hurts to think about some of those things but you know all the lessons that we learned through those challenges and and how to be even more prepared when you go to a third world country and how to you know manage a business and not put too many eggs in one ba- basket and things that were are good life lessons for sure Yep. One egg and one basket. Yeah. That's, that's an extreme risk. I mean, that's kind of the racing story and many I've heard this before. I've interviewed so many racers and yeah, th- that whole idea, I think sounds like you've built a much more stable broad-based business now uh, than that, but what a horrific, scary, scary story. I have a friend who was racing down in, uh, in New Zealand, I believe it was, and had a serious brain injury crashing a vintage car and they ended up flying him back up here to a neurosurgeon that could care for him in a special plane that just transports people, you know, mercy flight type thing, a very expensive aircraft. I think it was like $80,000, but one of the racers up here, and we've since lost him, but he paid for that flight uh, so they could get him back here, which is pretty, awesome. pretty tremendous. Well, let's go to a more fun story, <laughs> but I appreciate you sharing that because it's important for people to hear sometimes. Yeah, that putting everything in one thing, if, if one little chain of that link of that chain breaks, the whole chain goes away and you have to think about right. that in business in a lot of different yeah. respects. So, uh, it's a great story. Yeah. In that. And I, 
I appreciate you asking the question because I think a lot of people try to skim over the hard stuff. And I, I really, it's a passion for us when we coach people and train people too. It's like, we got to, we got to not that, that bad part of what's going wrong because that's the only way people get better. And so we got to own all that. You got to sure. own it for sure. So a special vehicle story. Is there one special vehicle that bring there? I see a smile on you. <laughs> what is that ride? Oh yeah. So it's uh, when I was 18, I was starting to get on this path and there's a 2000 2.5 RS Subaru Impreza that I was able to buy that was fully just, it was crashed. Somebody had taken it across uh, the median and like bent the wheels all under it. So, uh, so because of that, I was able to buy it as an 18 year old because it was a wrecked Subaru and, and that car was the vision board for me the thing that always kept me going because it was my daily driver so at college going all to my house painting estimates doing all of my business i was driving this blue subaru with gold rims around my college campus my wife and i's first date so you know everything that car was the thing that i took from with me from colorado to boston it was the thing that you know i drove that car to team o'neill it's since now it's in a garage in parts because I'm building it back up um, and I want to build it with my kids, you know, kind of build it into a, a better car because I never really fixed it. Like I got it back on the road and put another hundred thousand miles on it, but I never like took it down to bare metal again and built it back up. And, you know, I had all these plans. And the one thing about it was it was going to be my first rally car, though. Right. So and the one thing Tim got, told me when I first got to the rally school is you can't be emotional about your car. Uh, yeah. If you're a rally driver, you got to be able to put that thing in the ditch on the limit. And, you know, the worst thing you could do is take your prized possession and turn it into a race car. So <laughs> sure. I'm not going to I'm not going to turn that car into a rally car at this point. It's just going to be my family heirloom that I, I look forward to building with my kids. Yeah. What a fun story. That's cool. So I'm going to be a car psychologist today. I'll crawl into your skull a little bit. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, manifest as a vehicle, what would you be and why? This one? Yeah, that's I, I had to think about this one for a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate does. you letting me know this question beforehand. And I I think I would be something like a Jeep Wrangler, okay. right? right? And and I think of that because I like the culture that that brand has developed and I think it's like people who so I think of myself I, I'm in a I'm in a niche, I'm I'm kind of down a path and anyone in that culture can wave and say hello and everyone they're not angry about anyone else's decisions and like, that guy's grill or this guy's thing and you know so you can take this and I, so yeah, it's a modified Jeep, I guess, if you will, because I took this base model life that I had and I didn't have anything else to really build from. And I was able to add parts and pieces and make my cool custom rig. And, and I made it an SUV because I, I have had challenges. And so I have to be able to drive over some big hills and down some big valleys. And so I kind of thought the, the base Jeep, which I drive a Bronco for, so it would be a Ford Bronco. Uh, but <laughs> you know, ultimately I think the, the Jeep Wrangler is the more just general thing here for sure. Do you have one of the new Broncos then? Is that what you're driving? I, I'm lucky enough to have a Raptor Bronco. I just got. Oh, wow. Um, well, so, congratulations. Yeah, I, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was a uh, luck draw timing, whatever. And we, we are a Ford partner at the rally school. Um, so I do know Dan and, uh, we've worked oh, okay. with the Ford performance school quite a bit. 
But uh, yeah, it's something that uh, I was able to pull a few strings and get on the right lists, and I had uh, the opportunity to buy one. So yeah, it was it was great. Very cool. Yeah, those are neat. You know, I always like to ask about how people, my guests, like to give back and help others. I view your entire organization and company as helping other people because, in one way, you're helping them achieve their dreams. You know, like you had as a young kid. Uh, in another way, you're helping them not get themselves into trouble and not hurt themselves or other people or their precious vehicles that they love so much. Is that how you view your rally school? I mean, it really is a, I know it's a profit making center has to be, but right. yeah, you're giving back in a very cool way. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And it's something that we, we really appreciate the winter driving. So we actually do a lot to try to give back on the winter driving specifically teen, teach people winter driving skills and have a low cost winter driving course. But um, ultimately we do a lot of that government client. So yeah, we do have to make money to stay in business, but it's the stories that we've heard when they're downrange and they're in a third world country and there's a skill that we taught them that saved their lives. Um, that is the the true pleasure of what us being able to do our business. But uh, so kind of second tier to that, we do obviously really appreciate the veterans and we want to, we try to give back to that community as much as we can as well. Um, started working with a, a small nonprofit called the Phoenix Project, um, who's a rally driver, uh, a veteran that was a, turned into a co-driver that has a really cool story and, and trying to do some more motorsport give back on that type of stuff for the veteran community as well. And uh, so, yeah, no, we, we do kind of see ourselves in that light, um, obviously, that we want to try to help as many people as we can. And, you know, Tim O'Neill's big statement is he tries to save the world one driver as a time, at a time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it, it, that is part of our mission and our, our core skill. Um, but we also try to give also legitimately give back whenever we can as well to the veteran community. Well, it's tremendous. You know, we see the tragedies. You see them nowadays on all the social media of young kids crashing cars at real high speeds and uh, because right. they just don't have the skill sets and they don't realize you've got this three, four thousand pound vehicle traveling it. Even you start getting over 30, 40 miles an hour, you can do some serious damage. So uh, really appreciate what you're doing and helping the veterans and people in foreign situations that can be very dangerous. Uh, yeah, you don't think about about that driving to a foreign country and you think about past uh, conflicts and continuing conflicts in the Middle East, for instance, where you're in very rural areas and mountainous areas right. and things. And, you know, these young kids, they get all their military training, but they need to drive these vehicles and not crash them, go off the edge of a cliff. Right. I mean, you think you go off right. to war and you die in a car accident. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's like Michael Schumacher, you know, brain damaged right. skiing after all that right. dangerous stuff. So, Believe it or not, the military did some studies and they had the, the seatbelt crash problem. They were not wearing seatbelts because it was with their gear and their issues and they were having too many fatalities. So it's like even the military had to have a seatbelt rule for a legitimate reason because they had the real data. And, you know, it's just things like that that, you know, we try to address and, and help support. Very good. How about a great book? Is there a book you've read you'd like to share? Yeah, I've got a lot. Uh, but ultimately, <laughs> in the most recent history, um, I read a book called Creative Calling by Chase Jarvis. And that one for me personally had really opened my eyes um, to things I, I viewed myself and limitations I put on myself, especially as a business guy and a motorsport person, being creative and, and being artistic. Um, I never would have defined myself as any of that. And this book did an amazing job, both addressing business, but also addressing like 
self-reflection and how to define creativity. And, and so it, it has inspired me to start writing. It's inspired me to really um, kind of claw at some of my core issues as myself that I, I had when I was a kid. And I always really hated English and language arts because I actually had a, real, a teacher when I was in second grade that like made fun of me in front of the class for a spelling test that I failed. Oh and gosh. so it's like, <laughs> you know, that, that rolled into the rest of my life. Right. And I always struggled with writing. And, and so it's like, I tried to, now I want to take something I feel like was a, a biggest weakness of mine. And if I become an author someday that that would totally change my self-reflection. Right. And so I'm working on my first book right now. You could send that poor teaching skills person a copy of your first book <laughs> so, exactly you know, it's yeah. amazing how one comment by a teacher or an authority figure can just set you on a entirely bad course or a good course my wife was very shy in school but she was very good in mathematics and had a teacher that said you're very good at math you should be an engineer and she would have mm. never gone down that path and got a degree in engineering. I mean, she does math puzzles for fun. Ugh, it makes me shiver thinking about <laughs> it, you know. But uh, yeah, because of that teacher's positive comments versus uh, a terrible one. My father once uh, was at a school dance in junior high school, and a teacher made fun of his dancing. He goes, I never danced again. I mean, what a shame, mm. you know. I mean, it's just... Right. Yeah, uh, so yeah, if you're a teacher, be careful what you say. So the ultimate drive... I'm going to be a huge benefactor for you today. I'm going to buy you any car in the world. You can take it anywhere and you can have anybody with you. So since we're talking about rally racing, am I going to be buying a top line rally car? Are you going to be going rally racing? And who's your co-pilot going to be? Or I might we, disappoint you on this. Or we're going to do so something I, different. Way, I, <laughs> what, I'm such a realist. and one. So one, I'm extremely lucky in my life to have met a lot of people that I would have wished to have met. And I feel like i have the ability to do that. So I have to think of like, what would I really want if this was my ultimate decision and ultimate opportunity? Yep. And so as a realist, um, I actually would love to have an RV okay. and go on a tour of the United States with them. And it would be talking about their lives and what they want to get out of their lives and talking about our past experiences. And, you know, if this was my ultimate drive and the thing that I could get the most out of my life, I would want to spend that time with my family just touring the country, I think. There you um, go. Well, you know, you're something that, you're uh, a good family man. So it might have been a, le <laughs> a left turn for you of what you might have expected. But that's I had a, another this one took me a long time to think about what I would want to answer for sure. I get a lot of unique answers on this question, but uh, every once in a while I do get people that have answered like you. I want to take my family, my wife, my kids uh, and just go on a nice drive and be with them and have the time to talk with them and share experiences and things like that. So, you know, it's one of those things that I think COVID taught a lot of the country. And if you look at sales of RVs and campers and so forth, they, they blossom because people couldn't do things, but they could get out on the road and drive and they could go with their family and camp and be out in nature. And I think there's a great positive thing that came from that, uh, that people have kind of stopped to smell the roses, the proverbial comment there. Right. So nice answer right. to that question. So before I let you go and you've taken us on a wonderful journey today, could you share maybe a success quote, some words of wisdom, a mantra or something like that with us? Yeah, no, I, I, again, uh, reading a lot, I have a lot of these, but um, I think though my favorite one recently, more actually just came out of a video I was watching and it was Jay-Z, believe it or not. Oh, and wow. <laughs> he said, in life, people emulate the end result, not the process, right? He was talking about 
just how people like to have what you have at the end and they don't want to, they don't want to repeat your process of how you got there. And I think that his just, that hit me at that moment as like, yeah, that, you know, it's just, that is what people want to do. And I think if more people realize it's the process that you should be replicating and emulating, then I think a lot more people could have a lot more enjoyment and happiness in their life. Back to stopping and smelling the roses, and it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. You know, I've heard this over and over again, and I don't think social media has done any good for this entire concept because young people or old people see these successful people and they go, wow, they don't think about it. It's like that picture of the iceberg with a little tip above right, the water. The iceberg pictures. And all Perfect. the work below that keeps that stable and makes that happen. So uh, great. And from Jay-Z, very cool. I love it. So how can people learn more about Team O'Neill Rally School? Best way is to go right to our website, teamoneal.com, and that's O-N-E-I-L, teamoneal.com. Um, but we have a pretty successful YouTube channel, and we have a, over 100 videos posted on there of how to do basic skills and, and a little bit more just trying to get more people better training. So check out our YouTube channel and, and give us a follow on all the social channels as well if, if you have the time. Absolutely. Chris, this has been awesome. Uh, really appreciate you being a guest on the show. It's been a great talk. What you're doing there is awesome. Living your dream, my friend. You figured it out. Yes. The secret sauce to life. Not too many people figure <laughs> that out. Uh, sometimes it takes an entire lifetime. You're a young guy, so uh, you're uh, doing wonderful things. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you hopefully down a dirt road. Yes. Thank you, sir. All right. This has been fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.